electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. I'm CNBC producer Cameron Costa. Today on Squawk Pod, a key piece of the economic puzzle for the Fed and for investors. 236,000, 236,000, very close to expectations. 236,000 jobs added to the U.S. economy in March. And what's key, the unemployment rate ticking lower to 3.5%. Our senior economics reporter, Steve Leisman, with the data that's really important. People coming back into the workforce, that's disinflationary. So I think this is a better um, uh, uh, report for the Fed than it appears on the headline numbers. What it all means and if it's enough to prompt a rate hike retreat for the Fed. Our panel of experts, including economist Joe Lavornia. We're at this fulcrum. Are they done tightening or are they going to maybe go one more time? That hasn't been resolved, so the markets and the Fed are still sort of in the same zip code. And of course, CNBC's own Rick Santelli. And I'll commit some heresy here. I don't think it matters anymore whether the Fed does one more quarter or not. It's a bonus squawk pod. Our April 7th jobs report episode begins right after this. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Welcome back to Squawk Pod, where we're giving you a bonus episode for the March jobs report. The markets may be closed on this Good Friday, but our experts are working. Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, Andrew Ross Sorkin, and a whole host of economists broke down the Department of Labor report today. Here's Joe. Time for the report. Rick Santelli, what's the number? Yes, the March jobs report everybody's expecting. Uh, I'm I'm monitoring the wires. It should be hitting, and here it comes. Expecting 230,000 non-farm jobs, 236,000. 236,000, very close to expectations. And if you consider manufacturing, manufacturing was down 1,000 less than the four to 5,000 many were expecting. Let's get into the meat of this, shall we? The unemployment rate drops from 3.6 to 3.5, 3.5. 
The best it's been, or the lowest I should say it's been, was 3.4. That was January, unless there's any longer-term revisions. Up three-tenths, up three-tenths on average hourly earnings. That's a a month-over-month level. That follows up two-tenths, exactly as expected. And if you take a longer view, year-over-year on average hourly earnings, it's up 4.2%. One-tenth lighter than expectations, four-tenths lighter than the rear view mirror at 4.6. And 4.2 is the lowest level, uh, actually, uh, post-COVID. That's the lowest post-COVID level. It had been July of 22 at 4.3. We usurped that. That is significant. And if you look at the average weekly hours per employee, 34.4, that's one-tenth lighter than expectations, one-tenth lighter than the rearview mirror. And this is also equal to the shortest week, which was December of 22. And it's been steadily moving down. Uh, many employers probably don't feel like they need to overwork or get more out of every worker because it's more about layoffs and slowdowns at this point. Labor force participation. This is a biggie, huge, a new post-COVID high. which is exactly what it was in March of 2020, right on the cusp of COVID. It was 63.3 in February, just before COVID. The underemployment rate, or U6, 6.7, that follows 6.8. The best or the lowest it's been is 6.5, and like the general unemployment rate that was in December, the last month of last year. We see that the uh, interest rates, well, they have moved a bit higher. The cash market actually is open till noon, and yields have just popped to about 336. But the futures at the CME have also popped out. Futures are a bit higher. Uh, The markets are going to be thin. Many customers aren't going to be able to move any huge amount of size. But this report is generally, generally about as expected. The two-month revision was worth 17000 We took away 17000 And if we put this in the context of yesterday's big revisions, benchmark revisions on initial and continuing claims, my feeling is the Fed ought to be paying a lot more attention to some of the issues that may be showing a, a, a slowdown or at least a less tight labor market and Quickly here, I don't mean to take too much time. We're seeing revisions now. I said minus 17,000. Let's put a face on that. So last month's 311,000 now moves to 326,000, which means the bulk of those revisions were in the previous month. Back to the gang. All right, Rick, I think in a nutshell, I mean, it's thin trading. Little move in the futures. They went from from green or from red to green uh, a little bit. And you are seeing the 10-year tick higher in yield, but let's remember it was 330. So it's going from 330 to 335. So we already, uh, that yield was already factoring in some of the weaker. We're still down a dozen basis points on the week too, Joe, and that's important on the 10 where it sits. And if you look at a a two-year note uh, right now at uh, 394, uh, that's down about 10 basis points on the week yet. So we want to definitely let viewers understand that even with this slight pop in the thin market, there's still higher prices and lower yields than where we were one week ago. Exactly. Let's get to our jobs panel for some instant reaction. Joe Lavornia, SMBC Nico Securities uh, of America chief economist and former chief economist for the National Economic Council. Betsy Stevenson, University of Michigan professor of public policy and economics and a former member of the president's 
Council of Economic Advisors. We still have uh, Steve Leisman and Rick. I know our guests are, are, are working with us on Friday, but I, I just got to start with Leisman. Uh, Steve, it, it really is, you know, if it had been, I think if players were set up for plus 400,000, that did not happen. So it wasn't one of those shockers uh, either way that was, what, 6,000 above the, the estimate. Well, Joe, there's a little piece of this that makes me think it's a touch weaker than expected. And that's because if you just do the private sector, it was 189. And remember, that's what ADP is forecasting. They were down at 145. There were 47,000 jobs added from government, most of that being, or about half of that was local uh, education and local government. So in terms of the private sector, it's a relatively weak number. The other aspect of this, which is that you had the leisure and hospitality up by 72,000, that's a sector that's still striving to get back to where it was before the pandemic. But we saw retail down 14,000. We saw construction down by 9,000. Um, I guess I think that there's some sort of differentiation finally going on in the job market right now, as opposed to just hire. <laughs> if you saw the story today about the, the, the person who was hired at Meta and didn't have anything to do for a long time <laughs> until uh, they finally left. Um, I, I think that may have stopped, Joe. The silliness uh, may have stopped, and maybe there's some actual uh, uh, thinking about who to hire, where to hire them, uh, differentiation by sector. So it was I'm going to say this is not that was as strong as it the big companies, right? The big yeah, tech exactly, companies. exactly. Yeah. I'm just going to say on the surface, not as um, uh, uh, strong as it appears on the surface of it. And then the idea of people coming back into the workforce, that's disinflationary. So I think this is a better... Um, uh, uh, report for the Fed that it appears on the headline numbers. Okay. Uh, Betsy, do you uh, have similar feelings about this or opinions about this is, is what we just heard? Uh, you know, I, I, the last point uh, was one I was definitely going to make. Look, what the Fed needs to see is people coming into the labor force, and we saw that. We saw labor force participation yeah. tick up. But actually buried in that is incredibly good news, which is it came from men. And that's where we've struggled is to see the men coming back into the labor force. Realize that we've gotten older as a country since the pandemic started. And so getting back to our old labor force participation rate is quite extraordinary. And it means that the labor force participation rate of our prime age people, 25 to 54, is well above where it was uh, prior to the pandemic. And that has been driven by women. So it was thrilling to see male labor force participation tick up here. Um, you know, in terms of the government jobs, you know, the thing is, is that we have not seen a recovery in government jobs. As of last month, for every 100 people who were every 100 men who worked in the public sector before the pandemic, we only had 97 men. For every 100 women, we only had 99 women. So we, we you know, seeing some recovery in government is expected. And I think what is really the story here is the ongoing reallocation in our economy. The good sector lost jobs. Those private sector jobs that we got, it was minus seven good sector. All of the addition was in the service sector. Where were the majority of the jobs in the service sector? Exactly where we would expect them in the sectors that have been slowest to recover, leisure and hospitality mm -hmm. uh, and education and health services. Okay, so Joe, uh, the the disconnect between what the Fed says and where the, 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 the bond market has been, does this number confirm that, that the bonds 
we're on to something or uh, are both, uh, the Fed and bonds can still be right about what, what the future acts. No one, no one knows still. So this doesn't settle. Right. Any. No one knows still. Doesn't settle. Yeah. Any. I mean, the thing. Yeah, no, the economy is bending. Labor market is certainly slowing. You're seeing that in the various PMIs. The claims numbers with the revisions are important. Uh, this is a bit disinflationary in the sense that labor supply is increasing as labor demand is slowing. We saw jolts really weaken. When I saw the data, I thought, oh, my gosh, the next thing we now have to focus on is the CPI. It was sort of a very more or less as consensus report. The private number that uh, Steve mentioned being under 200,000 is noteworthy. We continue to slow. The market now is going to debate, Joe, whether it's 25 or nothing at the May meeting, and that could come down to the next set of data. So, again, we're at this fulcrum. Are they done tightening or are they going to maybe go one more time? That hasn't been resolved. So the markets and the Fed are still sort of in the same zip code. Well, that's a, a, a lot of uh, people would settle for that binary choice, one more time or none. Uh, there's people that think they're going, you know, five, six more times. No, they can't go that much. Joe. Not with what the curve is telling us and not certainly what's happening on the banking side. The senior loan officer survey on May 8th is going to be very important. That should show further significant tightening. And that lending data is very forward-looking. I mean, it tells us where the economy is going, and that has to tighten given what we've seen with the regional banks. Uh, who's uh, who wants in? Steve, uh, Rick, Betsy. Joe, I want to just let me, let me give you let me let me throw some information out, and then you guys can all talk about Good. it. But I see the market seeing this right now, and Rick, I'm sure wants to jump in. Uh, seeing this as 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 meaning more Fed, essentially, we went into this with the January 24 uh, Fed funds contract uh, with an implied yield of 419. Right now, I see it at uh, 432. Um, the odds of a um, uh, a December, uh, sorry, a a rate hike at the next meeting in May had been 55 percent. Now it's 70 percent. Obviously, it's a very volatile market, but ultimately the market is leaning a little bit towards a bit more Fed, even though it's still sort of out of sync with the Fed when it comes to the year end, uh, with that gap being, uh, I'll tell you what the gap is right now, something like 60, 70 basis, it's 80 basis points now between where the Fed thinks it's going to be year end and where the market is. That's tightened a little bit this morning. You know, let me just jump in and say that I, I, it's just an overreactant action to the amount of news that's in this report. We did not think that we were going to all of a sudden see the labor market uh, tank this month. What we expect to see is a slowdown in the labor market. And as long as that slowdown is also happening in conjunction, as Steve said, with rising labor force participation, the Fed's getting exactly what it needs. So I don't see this report at all as bad for the Fed. I think it shows that the Fed is working and a soft landing remains possible. Uh, if we're going to get a soft landing, then we can't be scared when we see signs of a soft landing. Rick, you're nodding. I, I always chuckle about the soft landing. Has anybody think the kind of volatility and the nervousness over the banking sector and all the object of that still out there? This, this is certainly, it'll never qualify in my world as a soft landing. Now, is it going to be horrible or not horrible, I think, is the issue. And I'll commit some heresy here. I don't think it matters anymore whether the Fed does one more quarter or not. The market's already quite made up its mind, and I think most investors have. The issue in front of them now is twofold. Has the flight to safety and some of the major revisions and claims, and I tell you what, don't underestimate how important that glide path alteration is. But in my opinion, what it means is, is that 
trying to determine how the recession may affect markets is now bigger. And whether we get a bounce or not after the flight to safety uh, is, I think, why yields are up here in a thin market. But I do think that when we come in on Monday to a full entourage of traders, that we'll see that is not the case. Yesterday's revisions are taking that bounce from flight to safety back and yields away, in my opinion. And I really do believe that the important issue here is, without a doubt, labor force participation and the shrinkage of the work week, even though it hasn't made a new extreme. It's tied with or very close to previous extremes at 34.4. And finally, when it comes to interest rates, why do I say the market's already made up his mind and the Fed, we could talk about it because it's kind of fun? Because we were over 5% in two years not long ago, early March. We have four and a quarter, the high rate on tens. Look where we're at now. Seriously, the markets have spoken. Okay, great. Thanks to our uh, jobs panel. Joe, oh, yeah, I was confused for a second. Joe Lavornia, Betsy, Steve, and Rick, and thank, I'm thanking myself, Becky, as I do many times. <laughs> and I'll thank you too, Joe. <laughs> yep. And Andrew. Yep. That does it for our bonus jobs report episode of Squawk Pod. Thank you for tuning in. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 a.m. Eastern, even sometimes when the markets are closed, like today. Make sure you follow Squawk Pod wherever you're listening, and with an extra second on this holiday Friday, leave us a review. We love to hear from you, our listeners. Have a great weekend. We'll meet you back here on Monday. We are clear. Thanks, guys. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.